thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, a study from clinical reviews in food science and medicine has indicated that avoidance of meat in the diet may be linked to increased rates of anxiety and depression. This is not the first time these links have been drawn and suggested reasons for the link include reduced omega-3 fatty acid intake, vitamin B12 and folate deficiencies, iron and zinc deficiencies, and even the potential for higher levels of pesticide consumption due to the higher consumption of plant-based foods. The 18 studies that met the criteria equated to over 160,000 participants in total from a variety of geographical locations, roughly half were male and half female, and around 5% of them were meat abstainers. 11 of the 18 studies looked at linked meat abstention with poor mental health, with four not drawing any conclusions and three suggesting the opposite. The researchers also found that those studies determined to be the most rigorous and least biased showed the strongest links between depression, anxiety, and meat avoidance. As always, the link is in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this, and I feel like I kind of say this every week, is that more research is definitely needed. I don't think from this review, even though this is a review that has looked at many different studies and and compiled them together, and, and as a result, ended up with a large number of participants, I don't think it's a definitive conclusion when we're talking about 11 out of 18 and, and with three of them suggesting the opposite. But I do think it matches what certainly what I see clinically and what I hear from a lot of other health practitioners as well is that there is some concern in this regard. I think when our brains are made of such a high proportion of fat, it makes sense that having a diet that is low in fat might not be great for the brain and particularly those omega-3 fats that we know are really important. So once again, it makes sense to me, we are by nature omnivores, and it makes sense to me that as omnivores, we've evolved over a very, very long period of time to be eating an omnivorous diet. And so I think a balance of plants and meats is what our bodies are designed to eat. And so anything outside of that is going to be a little bit more challenging to maintain and is likely to have some sort of health consequences. You know, I understand the ethical reasons for people choosing to go vegan or even vegetarian, but even those are getting questioned more and more as well. You know, when we look at the environment, we're now seeing that sustainable regenerative agriculture, raising animals in a healthy way, can actually be shown to draw carbon into the soil in greater quantities than the methane released. So we're now seeing animals being raised in a way that is actually carbon beneficial not to mention the importance for the soil. You know, we're seeing all around the world the depletion of our topsoils, many suggesting we only have a couple of decades left of topsoil in order to be able to keep growing food in the way that we do. And we know that the way to get those nutrients back into the soil is through organic matter, is through animals essentially defecating onto the ground and returning those nutrients and creating that biomass in the soil. So animals are a very important part of that process. And once again, that regenerative agriculture can actually be an important part of it. The other argument, of course, is always around saving animals' lives. But when we have a look more closely at these monocrops we're planting for these plant-based diets, there really are a lot of animals removed in order to clear that land to grow those crops. There are then a lot of animals killed to avoid them eating those crops. There are then a lot of animals and insects killed by the sprays that are sprayed on those crops. And a lot of biodiversity lost due to just the very nature of those monocrops. They are just one particular crop across fields and fields, kilometers and acres of land. And so that is not 
a natural environment. That is not, I don't think, doing the best thing for our plants or for our animals and not helping the health of the planet as a whole. So I think we really need to have a look more closely at these arguments around the environment and around saving lives. Having said all of that, it doesn't mean that if you are determined to do a vegan or vegetarian diet, that it can't be done better. That by eating smartly, by making sure you are getting the nutrients you need as much as is possible from those vegan sources, by then supplementing what you aren't able to get, and by using more environmentally friendly cropping practices and rotations, that we can't do a significantly better job than what we're currently doing in terms of providing nutrition for people who choose to be vegan and vegetarian. I still think, once again, without that supplementation, you may be lacking in some of those nutrients if you choose particularly a vegan diet. Vegetarians can certainly be done better. But once again, I think that if you do it really well, then you can still have a high degree of health and, and likely a much higher degree of health than people eating the standard Australian or standard American diet. So if you want to go vegan, make sure you look closely at the bigger picture and do your research so that you can do it as healthily as possible for both yourself and for the planet. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave the review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.